Welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And here's the queen herself, registered dietitian Heather Klug. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Queen of Hearts podcast. And welcome to Bethany DeBrew Adams, our health communications coordinator. Hi. Welcome, Bethany. Hi, Heather. Well, Bethany, it's officially the holiday season. Yay. And I know we're supposed to be joyful and happy. I feel a butt coming on. <laughs> How about a however? Okay. However, we have some not so great yet important heart-related news to share with our listeners. In today's episode of the Queen of Hearts podcast, we're going to talk about why the holiday season is an especially risky time of year for heart attacks. Mm -hmm. So researchers in San Diego and Boston analyzed data from 53 million deaths for every day of the year from 1973 to 2001. Wow. The results were published in 2004 in the research journal Circulation. So here's what they found, Bethany. Deaths from heart disease gradually increased from July through January with a sharp spike between Christmas and New Year's Day, and then the deaths start to decline again. Mm. Most fatal heart attacks were on Christmas Day, okay. and then the day after Christmas, so December 26th, is the second most fatal day, and New Year's Day is third. Well, that's depressing. <laughs> It is a little bit. <laughs> now, you may be thinking, well, sure, it's the United States. Right. We like to overindulge and so on. Well, the same has been found in Sweden. In a Swedish study released in 2018, researchers studied a little over 283,000 heart attacks that occurred between 1998 and 2013. They found that in comparison to the two weeks before and after Christmas, heart attack risks were 37% higher on Christmas Eve, 15% higher on Christmas Day, and 20% higher on New Year's Day. Wow. Okay. Well, that's interesting and a little scary because it's like we don't necessarily think that of those holidays as that kind of a situation. So I know what I think might be happening, but what do you suppose is causing this big spike? Yeah, as a dietitian, my first thought goes to food. Well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> right? You know, going back and looking at that data, so knowing that the increase in death starts in July, well, people party a lot in the summer, mm -hmm. and that continues throughout the fall, at least I think of here in Wisconsin, you know, football and then basketball. And I know this year is a very different kind of year, but in most years, you know, you're getting together with other people, you're going to parties, going to tailgating mm -hmm. events, right? All that kind of stuff. And then unhealthy eating really ramps up during the holiday season with all the extra tempting foods around. Right. And it's not, again, like stuff like broccoli and apples we're eating more <laughs> of. We're eating foods <laughs> high in salt, fat, and added sugars. So this can increase cholesterol, increase blood pressure and blood sugars, and certainly can contribute to weight gain as well. And I'm sure most people have heard, but the average weight gain over the holiday season is really only one to two pounds for most people. Which doesn't sound too bad. No, but people who carry excess weight to start with actually tend to gain about five pounds or more. Ooh. Plus, most people don't lose the weight they gain over the holidays. Mm -hmm. So it hangs on until the next holiday season, yeah. which may not seem like a big deal, but over a decade, this adds up. Right. One to two pounds per year adds up to 10 to 20 pounds over a decade, right? Yeah. 
Now, what we eat is certainly a factor, but this goes far beyond what we put in our mouth. Several other possibilities could be contributing. So let's go through them. You want to start everybody off, Bethany? Yes. So for those of us who live in a cooler climate, I think the first thought we have is about temperature. So cold weather is hard on your heart. You know, I think we can feel that kind of when we go outside and you feel your heart pounding harder when it's chilly. Cold temperatures cause blood vessels to constrict, and this leads to an increase in your blood pressure. And then cold weather also makes blood clot quicker. So pushing blood that's quick to clot through a narrowed artery can lead to a blocked artery or a heart attack. But... Here's the funny part about all of this. The winter increase in heart attacks and heart-related deaths has been seen even in places where winter is warm. So places like Southern California, Florida, that kind of a thing. You know, I used to live uh, in the Los Angeles area and it's cool there in the winter. I would never say it was cold because you definitely get a lot of days where it's in the 70s, but it gets, you know, into the 40s and sometimes the 30s at night. So you have cool weather, but it's not what we have here where it's suddenly 20 below or whatever. So it's just interesting that even in areas where you have a much more mild winter, you're still seeing these kind of upticks. Yeah. So temperature could be a factor. It could, could, but there must be something else going on if it's happening in warmer winter climates. Yeah. All right. Another factor could be short days and long nights. So I think most of us know during winter, at least here in the Northern Hemisphere, there's less daylight, which alters levels of hormones such as cortisol, melatonin, and vasopressin, each of which can affect the heart and mood. Now, I have something else to kind of share here, too. Is this the thing you were telling Um, me you were excited to talk about? Yes, because I think this is just so cool. You know, (laughs) one of those things where I'm like, wow, the human body is so fascinating. So there are nitrogen oxide stores in your skin. And when your skin is exposed to the sun's rays, Bethany, Mm -hmm. it actually produces nitric oxide. Okay, and then this gets into your blood vessels, it becomes systemic, and this dilates your blood vessels and helps lower blood pressure. Really? Yeah, and the important thing to point out is that this is independent of vitamin D production. So it doesn't have anything to do with vitamin D because in studies where they did this, they did it with tanning beds, not that I'm promoting tanning beds, but (laughs) that is a way to get UV ray exposure. But when they did it with the tanning beds, it didn't increase the vitamin D levels at all in people, but it helped to lower their blood pressure. So I find that fascinating and it makes me think, hey, We should be traveling every winter to somewhere (laughs) warm if we live pretty far north. Right. And I just think that's cool. And if we have high blood pressure, our doctors should be prescribing us a vacation somewhere sunny and warm. Yeah. So talk to your (laughs) doctor about that. (laughs) Well, my next theory as to what could be causing these deaths is not that exciting. So, but it has to do with your cholesterol cycles. So, In the Northern Hemisphere, levels of total and LDL, or what we call bad cholesterol, and triglycerides peak in December and January and are at their lowest right around July. And then cardiac risk factors such as fibrinogen and plasma viscosity, which have to do with blood thickness, also rise in winter. So that might be contributing to this problem. Yeah, absolutely. Makes me think, is that the opposite in the Southern? Hemisphere. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe, I don't know. All right, the next factor in here is respiratory disease. So probably no surprise here, but colds and flu are more common during winter than summer. Mm -hmm. And these can cause extra trouble for people with heart failure and other forms of heart disease. And then this year, let's add in COVID, right? right? Which is really increasing our risks. So another good reason, if you haven't done so already, please go get your flu shot Mm -hmm. and pneumonia shot, right, Bethany? Definitely. So I have the most obvious one that I think we all think of when it comes to heart attacks any time of year, and that is stress. So during the holidays, you know, usually we have family get-togethers, we have travel, we have gift buying, we're maybe prepping to host people for a party. This can be super stressful for some people, you know, just as much as it's enjoyable for other people. So there can be happy stress. Like, I love having people over for the holidays, but it's an undertaking, you have food to prepare, you have to make sure the house is clean and decorated and all of this other stuff, you know, so there's everything that you're worried about. Stress can fire up chest pain, which is known as angina. It can increase blood pressure. It can increase cholesterol. It can increase blood stickiness and it can trigger heart attacks. And we've talked about stress several times already in the course of this podcast. So go back and listen to some of those if you're interested. Stress also increases a hormone called cortisol. And people with high cortisol levels are, believe it or not, five times more likely to die of a heart attack, stroke, or other cardiovascular cause. And that was according to research that was published in the Journal of Clinical Endocrinology and Metabolism. So that, yeah. that's a big amount. Yeah. And not to add, cortisol also moves triglycerides to your visceral fat store. Yeah, so so not great either. It's causing all sorts of problems. Yeah. So, so. your belly fat, right? It helps yes. contribute to yes. that. Yes. All right. This next factor is probably not a huge surprise here either, but lack of exercise or sudden and unusual levels of exertion. Mm -hmm. And I think we all know that exercise is very beneficial for so many things. We, it seems to come up in almost every podcast we do because (laughs) of that reason. I mean, it helps with lowering blood pressure, lowering cholesterol, keeping blood sugar levels down. It helps with managing stress, may help with losing losing weight and keeping weight off. So many good things that exercise is good for, but regular exercise often drops during the holiday season for various reasons, right? Some of it is we're just busy doing all those other things that you mentioned, Bethany. And some of it could be that we're just not as motivated to exercise, especially if you like to exercise outside and you don't like to do that when it's cold (laughs) and you don't like exercising indoors. That can be an issue. You know, for me, it's like, when that sun goes down, it gets tougher and tougher to talk myself into exercising. So yeah, and then in colder climates, the sudden and unusual levels of exertion, I think of stuff like snow shoveling mostly puts people with heart disease or at risk for heart disease at an increased risk for a heart attack because we can be fine. And then all of a sudden we'll get a huge dump of snow Mm -hmm. or it may snow for several days. Sometimes it's really heavy snow and you really have to work really hard 
when you're shoveling that, and then you add in the cold temperatures that you talked about previously. Mm-hmm. And for somebody who's at risk for heart disease or who has heart disease, that can trigger a heart attack. Right. And also, I think we need to mention too, that there are happy things that you do that might require more exercise than you're used to. You know, like I think of during the holiday season, your kids are home from school, you have more free time, you get a nice big snowfall and everybody wants to go sledding and suddenly you're trudging up a hill repeatedly because kid Mm -hmm. doesn't want to carry the sled or whatever and start doing things like that that you're not used to. That's another contributing factor. Good point. Yes. So this next one is something that I think a lot of the ladies out here especially can identify with and that's putting yourself last during the holiday season. I think anybody out there who's a mom or people who have, you know, especially small children in their life, you want to make the holidays just perfect and magical and happy so that when they look back on it, they're like, oh, my mom always made the perfect Christmas or what have you. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's just, it's common to just put everybody ahead of yourself, you know, and we can easily get too busy doing that to check our blood pressure if we are somebody who needs to do that regularly or monitor our blood sugar if we have diabetes. And many people are hesitant to seek medical care if they start to exhibit symptoms because they don't want to interfere with holiday plans. You know, if little Susie has her holiday concert and you're having chest pain, you don't want to disappoint her by not being there. You know, that's one of those instances and that's not good. (laughs) Right. Right. All right. Another factor that increases risk of heart attacks during the holiday season are medication lapses. The busy holiday season can throw medication schedules out of whack. And missing a dose or two of most medications isn't a big deal, but taking an extended medication holiday Mm. can be trouble, especially for people with diabetes, heart rhythm problems, or heart failure. Definitely. And along those same lines, you know, and what I was just talking about, delays in seeking medical care. So nobody wants to ruin Christmas or Hanukkah or New Year's Day with a trip to urgent care or the emergency room. But if you procrastinate seeking care for chest pain or other warning signs of a heart attack or stroke or worsening heart failure, you could get to the hospital after your heart or brain has suffered damage that could have been prevented. So what do you you say? What's that slogan? Time is damage, right? Right. So the longer it takes you to address the problem. And I think the big fear we hear a lot is I don't want to go and have them tell me that there's nothing wrong. Oh, yeah. Better. Their fear of embarrassment, right? Like it was nothing. Better (laughs) safe than sorry. Yes, because some of that damage that occurs is reversible. Yeah. Yep. All right. Another reason that could be a factor for an increase in heart attacks during this time of year is travel. So remember that study I mentioned in the very beginning? Mm In that study, there were only two years without a Christmas or New Year's increase in heart disease deaths. The first one was in 1973, and that was the year of the OPEC oil embargo before we were born, Bethany. Something happened (laughs) before we were born. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. And then the second one was in 1981, which was a big recession year. Hmm. And travel during these two holiday seasons was dramatically curtailed, which may have reduced stress, improved medication taking like we talked about before, or prevented some delays in seeking medical attention. So that's just interesting, I find. It is. I think they need to continue that and do like the years between 2002 and 2020. 
Because it would be interesting to see if that still held true with like the 2008 recession or with COVID this year or whatever. Yeah. Well, okay. I get to be the big party pooper right now and mention <laughs> that drinking too much alcohol might be a contributing factor to these heart attacks. So I don't know if people have heard of this, but high amounts of alcohol can lead to a heart rhythm problem that's known as holiday heart syndrome. So it's important to note that the amount of alcohol needed to bring on holiday heart syndrome varies from person to person. For some people, it can occur with just one or two drinks, but usually it takes like five or six. So we're talking like binge. Yeah, binge drinking. Yes. Yeah, so, and, mm -hmm. and we tend to hear about it a lot with people who usually don't drink very much in their regular day-to-day -day life. And then the holiday party season comes along and they let her rip. And it's just, hey, it's a free for all and yeah. I'll have all the drinks. Symptoms of this syndrome include the sensation that your heart is racing or skipping beats, which are, you know, called palpitations. Sometimes it's accompanied by pain or pressure or heaviness in the chest, sometimes shortness of breath or faintness. So a normal rhythm usually returns on its own within 24 hours. I'm assuming that has to do with the alcohol leaving your system probably. But sometimes a beta blocker is needed to slow the heart and cardioversion using an electrical shock or rhythm restoring drug may be needed to stop atrial fibrillation if that's what's happening. And that's a disturbance in the heart's electrical signals that makes the upper chambers beat in a rapid and erratic pattern. We see a lot of commercials, you know, for AFib on TV. So that can mm -hmm. be triggered by this overconsumption of alcohol. So if you've been drinking and you feel a fluttering in your chest that is not caused by, you know, the handsome stranger across the room from you or whatever, um, get yourself to an emergency department or an urgent care as soon as you can, because mm -hmm. it might be something serious. Again, it might be nothing, but it's better to be safe than sorry. Right. And, you know, we talk a lot about plumbing issues with the heart, mm -hmm. right? Like cholesterol clogging your blood vessels. Right. But electrical system problems with your heart are just as serious, sometimes even more serious because that's where sudden death heart attacks come in. So yeah. please take that seriously if it's something out of the ordinary for yes, you. Yes, yes, for sure. All right. We would like everybody to give your heart the gift of health this holiday season yes. while still enjoying the it holidays. It is possible to have a heart healthy holiday while also having a festive and joyful holiday season. Yeah. So I want people to think of just, you know, simple little things that you can do each day. Nothing too overwhelming. So I'm just going to, I have 10 things here. I just want to go through them real quickly. First one, stick with your medication schedule, please. Yes. If that means getting one of those, you know, what do you call them? Like a medication container, like days of the week, an app on your phone just to remind you to take them. But taking those medications every day. Number two, get a flu shot. Mm -hmm. If you are over 50 or have heart disease, getting a flu shot can help you avoid the misery of the flu and protect you against a heart attack or stroke. Yes. And it's not too and late. I think people sometimes yes. think if they don't get it in early in the fall, it's too late. It's not. Nope. December is still a great time to get your flu shot. All right. Number three, find time for movement each day, even if it's only 10 to 15 minutes. And dress appropriately if exercising outside. Mm -hmm. Now, later this month, we're going to do a whole podcast on fun ideas for getting in movement during the winter. Yay. So be sure to tune in for that. All right. Number four, keep tempting food out of the house. Boo. 
or <laughs> I know, or I added this in here just for you, Bethany, or at least put limits on the number of tempting foods if there's something you really enjoy during the holidays. That I can do. That okay, sounds good. Number five, aim for sensible portions of holiday foods you really love. And the other kicker to this is to come up with a plan ahead of time. You don't want to be relying on sheer willpower <laughs> during the holiday season. There is no such thing during the holidays. No. Make sure you're thinking through the situations, right? If you have Christmas cookies sitting out on a tray and you love them, you need to think ahead of time how you're going to handle that. <laughs> okay. Number six, if you drink alcohol, set a limit for yourself, like one or two drinks, and then alternate with water between those drinks. Yes. Okay. Number seven, before going to a party or a festive meal, and I know that might be different this year, right? Mm -hmm. Because of COVID, but you can use this for future years. Visualize what you think is an appropriate amount and type of food or snacks, and then just really try to stick to can that. Can I amend that? I would say sure. visualize what Heather thinks is an appropriate amount oh. of snacks, because I might decide <laughs> that having all the snacks is appropriate. But I know that you would say, no, I need to, you know, rein it in a little bit more. So I like that. What would Heather do? What would do? Heather do? Okay, this next one, Bethany laughed at me for, but I'm going to say it anyway. Stand an arm's length or more from the food table. Can I just, can I just say I laugh because if there is something that I truly love that's on a buffet table or, you know, dessert table or whatever, there is no amount of space that you can put between me and that item. I will close in and get that item. That's why okay, I laugh. Maybe, maybe I'm lazier than you because that usually helps me. <laughs> I'm not as close to the food because then I don't think about it. But anyway, all right. Number nine. This one's very important. Mm -hmm. Find time to relax and de-stress. Definitely. So many options here. Yes. Bubble bath, aromatherapy, taking a walk, watching something funny usually works for Screaming me. Into Those a pillow. Whatever works sure. for you. Throwing things. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Last but not least, number 10, if you have chest pain, a racing heart, or other signs that something isn't right, get help, even if it happens on a holiday. Yes. Okay. One more time, Heather, for the people in the back. If you have chest pain, <laughs> a racing heart, or other signs that something is wrong, get help regardless of the day, the time, whatever. Just go do it. Yes. So we here at the Karen Yance Cardiac Awareness Center would like everyone to have a happy and healthy holiday season. Mm -hmm. Take simple steps to take care of your heart during this busy time of year so your heart can give you the best gift of all. Thank you so much for listening today, everyone. And as we always say, be the ruler of your own heart. Goodbye. Bye -bye. Thank you for joining us on the Queen of Hearts podcast. Our podcast is recorded here at the Karen Yance Women's Cardiac Awareness Center inside Aurora St. Luke's Medical Center in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. For more heart-healthy tips, info, recipes, and more, visit our website at www.karenyancecenter.org, like us on Facebook at Karen Yance Center, and follow us on Pinterest. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time, be ruler of your own heart.